What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey, 
I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, you could tell by that we are definitely, most assuredly, still stuck in the upside down as we continue to pay tribute to this latest season of Stranger Things, Stranger Things Season 4. Yes, as promised, Episode 2. And wow, something I never thought I'd play. Not the biggest fan of either of those things, but I can appreciate the absolute absurdity and weirdness of it as it pertains to the theme of the show. You heard Buck09, pop punk ska band doing a cover of Musical Youth's Pass the Duchy. Of course, everybody knows that song, whether you love it or not, and I don't. But I can digest it just slightly better in a punk ska setting. To some of you, that might be the worst thing you've ever heard. But I hope you can appreciate the fact that we are still, of course, in the Upside Down, doing these covers of songs from Stranger Things Season 4. In case you didn't know, the historical aspect of the song, Past the Duchy, I'm not going to get into a whole thing about the origin of the song or anything, but that song supposedly has the distinction of being the first all-black group to get played on MTV. And MTV can also hold the distinction of waiting a couple of years to actually play black people. I had to do it. Okay, so, yes, Past the Duchy by Buck09 officially right there off of their album Barfly. They've actually done some fun covers, covers of songs that are better than that, but check them out if you are so inclined. I first heard them on a Duran Duran tribute album. I don't even remember what song it was, but I remember they were actually good, (laughs) and they've done a bunch of 80s songs. As any punk ska band, especially in the 90s, does a lot of 80s covers. It's just what they did, and I appreciate them for it. This is going to be a weird episode because the first half has no real rhyme or reason. Being in the upside down, we'll do that. It gets a bit thematic towards the second half. So hang in there with me as we dive even deeper into something I never thought I'd play on the show. And this song, much like a few episodes ago where I played Accentuate the Positive. This is just one of those pleasant songs. It gets used in a lot of things. And as Stranger Things used, we'll meet again in the previous season, which makes total sense because it's such a happy-sounding, wistful song. It take on a dark meaning when you use it in Stranger Things, as it did. This song also did the same thing. It seems like that's what you want to do with nice songs, is put them in a setting where it's just trapped in misery. Sort of like what Tarantino established was stuck in the middle with you. Yeah, so I found a more modern version of this song, which is completely traditional in its approach as a cover song. And you could thank me for not playing the Mickey Thomas Mel Torme duet of this from the movie of the same name. So check this out. I'm just going to play it called and I'll tell you who it is afterwards. This is Dream a Little Dream of Me. Say night and night and kiss me 
Just hold me tight and tell me you'll miss me While I'm alone and blue as can be Dream a little dream of me A nice classy version right there of Dream a Little Dream of Me. Very nice version right there. A very European cover version of it. But that's neither here nor there. It's really just a matter of who's singing it. So what you had there was, of course, a male-female duet version of it. And that was Robbie Williams. Yeah, and before you hate on me for playing Robbie Williams, I will say I'm jealous of the Robbie Williams success in Europe. Now, the reason I say that is because in the 2000s decade, we got Justin Timberlake and the Euros got Robbie Williams. I think they definitely won that war for sure. So in a side-by-side comparison or a Sophie's Choice, if you will, Robbie Williams wins out by a damn galaxy. So because we're not overexposed to him over here, I think that they got the better deal. But that all being said, Robbie Williams do wedding with another European artist, Lily Allen, who had a hit out here in America about a decade and change ago with a song called Smile. Really good fuck you breakup song. I like it. 
He's got that Mark Ronson production that he would make famous with Amy Winehouse and a few other people. But yes, and the real main reason I played that version, yes, it's a nice version, but come to find out that, of course, this song was used in Stranger Things, but the best part about this cover version is that Lily Allen is married to David Harbour who plays Sheriff Jim Hopper on Stranger Things. How freaking wild is that? And I had to double check all that and look it up to see if it was even true. They got married a couple of years ago, which, you know, you gotta get married in 2020. You're gonna take a back seat in the news department due to all the shit that's been going on around here. But, yes, Lily Allen is married to Hop. How great is that? So, that's why I played it. Also, it was on the show. So, that's a bonus as far as I'm concerned. I did my fucking homework there. Alright, but speaking of Hop, his storyline, which is way different than what the other people on the show were going through, it was definitely an A-B storyline show this season. And I wasn't like a huge fan of the Gulag stuff, it had its moments, and I get why they did it. They had to justify bringing him back from the dead, in a sense, because we thought he was dead. But nobody, no murder, right? My wife always says that, but yes, it's true, nobody, no murder. But in the midst of that storyline, whenever his would-be rescuers are boarding a very herky-jerky kind of plane. It's always got to be like a plane that somebody weird's flying that's really eccentric and because when you're gonna do something on the down low if you're gonna get a plane chart it's gonna be weird. So even though this was like a total oldie for its time in the mid 80s I can appreciate its usage because you know when you're just kind of taking off and just doing the plane and you play something like this you try to put your mind at ease you know as far as that's what the show did. So I dig it and I told you about the song at the top of the show that had historical significance. This song has massive historical significance. So the song Travelin' Man by Ricky Nelson, teen idol Ricky Nelson, speaking of teen idols like Robbie Williams. So Ricky Nelson is hot shit like in the 50s for sure. Like, I mean, talking about neck and neck with Elvis and all that kind of stuff. He was real fucking big. So much so that when the Hot 100 singles chart debuted in the 50s, I don't have the year in front of me, but trust me, it was sometime in the 50s. This song, Travelin' Man, by Ricky Nelson, was the very first number one single ever. So, yeah, if you didn't know that when you woke up this morning, you know it now, you might win drinks with it down the road. That's a next level question. Way beyond Frankenstein's monster. Okay. Yes, Travelin' Man... It, because of its popularity, it's been covered dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds of times. But I found a really kick-ass version of this song, version from the mid-70s, by this band called Clover. Now, also talking about historical significance, this band Clover right here is the early incarnation, basically, of Huey Lewis and the News. And Huey's in the band, but he ain't the lead singer. He's the harmonica player and backup singer. So he was like the magic dick of Clover. But even though Clover had a different lead singer, a guy who's not in Huey Lewis and the News, as soon as the song kicks in, you'll be like, that is Huey Lewis in the News, for sure. So, here you go. It's a great version of Clover doing Traveling Man. Enjoy.
Representing Mill Valley, California right there, which is the next door neighbor to San Francisco. I've been there, so I get to spout that one off. That was Clover from their fourth album, Love on the Wire. That was the closing track, a really fun, cool version of Ricky Nelson's Traveling Man. And yet another fun fact, that particular album was produced by Mutt Lang, which I did a whole Mutt Lang episode, and I think I actually played something off of that Clover album, if I'm not mistaken. That same one, because it's the only one I have by him. So it's, it had to be, right? Or else what am I doing here? Well, some of the reason why we're here, here in the Upside Down, and we're not dead yet, it's due to this song right here. Yeah, you knew it was coming. It's everywhere, it's everywhere. It's the number one song probably still as of this recording. It's crazy to think. Not mad about it. I know a lot of people are maybe just trying to be hip and cool and like, oh, I loved it when it first came out. Good for you. Good for everybody. I'm very happy for you. Don't piss on other people's joy and discovery of things. We'll talk about that more a little later here. But of course, the centerpiece, the real star of the show this season, especially in the first half of that season, it was one of the first songs that was played in season four. And since I I am playing chronologically, by the way, on these episodes, if you've noticed, but the the song appears early on in the first episode, but it really becomes the star of the season a little over halfway through the season. So that's why I wanted to include it here. Yeah, what am I doing? I'm building up a ton. You already know what's going to be played here. But, huh, who's singing it? I don't know. But check it out. This is Running Up That Hill. 
So if you remember Stranger Things Season 3, a good amount of the season took place inside of a mall, Starcourt Mall over there. And I always wondered if this artist in question was watching that season going, damn, I'm just a little bit out of time there. I could have been on there. Or somebody could have been playing me on there. It's like two years away from that being a reality which would have been really cool actually but apparently this artist had the wherewithal to see into the future 10 years from the time that she recorded a cover of kate bush's running up that hill i mean obviously she had to have been a big fan of the song to cover it a decade before it became real shit hot once again and yes running up that hill originally was a top 40 song in america by the way in case anybody didn't realize that so you know kate had a couple of hits here in the states but yes, I, I was dancing around it. But yes, that was Tiffany, 80s mall icon, doing Running Up That Hill, taken from a compilation of cover songs that she did in 2011. She covered a bunch of 80s songs, which is a smart thing to do for an artist such as that, in my opinion. I, I like Tiffany. She always seems pretty real. I've actually heard a few interviews with her. She was even on Ricky Rackman's podcast, so I enjoyed that. Had the better Playboy spread versus Debbie Gibson, but that's not important. I like this version of Running Up That Hill, and to this day, if you go see Tiffany live, she has a pretty kick-ass band behind her from what I understand. I'm sending that version out to my friend Gary, the king of glitter rock, out there in Houston, Texas. He saw Tiffany live because apparently some members of LA Guns play in Tiffany's band, like currently. So nice little side gig there. That would like almost kind of put me over the top into going to see her. Anyway, yeah, had a lot of fun with that. So happy to discover that that version existed. That was the thing. I was like, we're totally freaking doing season four. How are we not now with a version of Running Up That Hill by Tiffany? Okay, I've pushed the boundaries about as far as I can, but we're not out of the upside down just yet. But we're going to get into the, you know, hard rock slash metal side of things. Even though these are going to be cover songs of classic rock songs initially, we're going to build up to the grand finale. Those of you who are cool enough to be watching this show, you know where we're going with this. But as of right now, we're stuck inside that camper or RV or wherever, or whatever you want to call it. Cool, a cool way to get around town in the country if you're going to muck in America. But also, if you got to hide out, camper's a pretty good way to do it. So we're going to do a two for right here to celebrate the camper and how well it helped out our heroes in season four. These two are songs that you pretty much look at a camper and you think of these kind of songs. So simple as that, and that's probably why they were used. And I have some really cool hard rock versions of these songs. So yeah, let's just get to it. We're gonna kick off this twofer with one of my all-time favorite bands. I know it's one of Gary's all-time favorite bands as well. So hey, I'm gonna send out another one to you, Gary, because you're the man. But yes, from 1984's Two Steps From The Move, this is Hanoi Rocks and their famous cover version of Credence Clearwater Revival's Up Around the Bend. Turn it up. Come on! 
Finishing off that twofer that we kicked off with Hanoi Rocks doing Up Around the Bend, that was Badlands from their second album, Voodoo Highway, and their cover of James Taylor's Fire and Rain. It does seem like a lot more people bought the first Badlands album, but Voodoo Highway is still pretty good. Jeff Martin replacing Eric Singer on the drums right there, but you still got Ray Gillen, the late great Ray Gillen on lead vocals right there, doing a killer performance. Of course, Jakey Lee on lead guitar, and Greg Chasen on bass. There's a few instances on this particular two-parter where I was having a little fun. I played double shots of the same song being covered, and I almost did it with this one. I had to cut it for time reasons. It was like, you know, I had 21 songs, so I had to cut this one. And, man, the other version I had was killer, but I, I'm going to try to use it on a future episode. By the way, it's the Isley Brothers version of Fire and Rain, which is fucking phenomenal. But I was like, I'm going to keep the theme here, the hard rock theme going play some freaking badlands i never play them on the show and i like them so there you have it and you know fire and rain doesn't play like a huge part on the show so like why have two versions of that song on there anyway so but i love the cover versions way more than the original i am not even remotely a james taylor fan except for the parody version of the prostitute song on south park but that's as far as i go with them can't stand them okay so the next one right here as we get to the gun store it's a long story but as we get to the gun and weapons store you hear this bad boy being played, and I'm a big fan of this song. Love the original. There's no way to beat the original, and the versions I found do not beat the original, but they're both fun. Another one that I had like two completely different versions of this song, but once again, I'm going to stick with the hard rock theme right here. I originally had a version of Susie Quattro doing this, and it's pretty good, but this one's a lot of fun too, and it's really just another chance for me to play a band I don't normally feature here on Rock Strikes 10, even though I'm a fan of this era just never happens with this band and me they're all right you know they're fun so yes to represent the all-time 70s classic rock and roll hoochie coo via a live version this is danger danger
it's not quite time to sign off yet for the evening, Mr. Ted Poley, but I appreciate you throwing it down with Danger Danger doing a live version of Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. Hope you enjoyed that. Got three big, big songs to finish off this episode with, and if I have it right, this will definitely help us get out of the Upside Down. Very pivotal song in the entire season. They used this song on the teaser trailer, and they even did that dystopian remix of it, which is a big trend over the last few years, and sometimes it upsets me, but I must love this song so much that it did not bother me for some weird reason. I appreciated it. I think it works under that particular aspect and approach. So I'm cool with it. I'm cool with the remix being the representation on the soundtrack when it eventually comes out physically. And at least the song is out there for people to enjoy. But of course, you can't go wrong with the original. But we're not playing the original. I mean, I would love to play the original for you, but we're in the Upside Down. I can't help it. Instead, I'm going to play this version of one of my favorite rock songs ever, Separate Ways. It's really just, and let's not talk about the video. The less said about the video, the better. The song fucking rules. It's so good. It's so good I should hate all cover versions of it, but I actually do appreciate this cover version. And I don't even mind Kelly Hansen's version of this song either. Kelly's a great singer. But we are in the Upside Down, so it's gotta be weird, right? And in a push, it's just gotta be weird. So, I am not the biggest fan of gimmick bands, especially gimmick type tribute acts whether it's just referencing or doing other things with their image case in point that band that dresses up like ned flanders fucking terrible and their music blows and maybe i'm just not fun at parties but i think max sabbath is stupid but i think the band that really got it right over the last decade or so and it's just got massive legs really not going to run out of material doing something like this so I am a fairly decent fan of Metalachi, which is what it sounds like it is. It is a Metalachi tribute to heavy metal, and they play it in the Metalachi style, 100%. So, as luck would have it, they have their own version of Separate Ways, Worlds Apart. So you're going to enjoy it with me here right now in the Upside Down. Take it away, Metalachi.
That song, or at least half of that song, now holds a distinction of me having to use it twice when playing unique versions of songs used in Stranger Things. And I love that they did a callback to that song. The song was used originally, was it, I think it was at the end of season two, if I'm not mistaken. Pardon me for getting it wrong if I did get it wrong. That's not what this show is like totally about. But, which has to be like probably the happiest five minutes in the history of the entire series where everything was right for a couple of minutes at the snowball. And, you know, because... People talk about how problematic the lyrics are to every breath you take now in this day and age. And, you know, even Sting from the word go is like, it's not a love song. It's a stalker song. It's a very dark song. The police had some dark songs. Go look up their lyrics. But even with all that, every single person slow danced every breath you take. If you were alive and going to a social in 1983, from that point on, for at least a few years, every breath you take was and is still the jam in a lot of ways. So, referencing that scene in Snowball in this season works out really well. It totally makes sense. And the other reason I loved being able to play that song for you again is because, number one, I like a decently thought-out mashup, and I think that one's pretty good. It's not the best, but it's it works. It's in the pocket. But the original source of that song... The first time I ever heard it, at least, and it even made it on the official soundtrack to one of the other greatest television shows in the history of mankind. And I will say that it's not much of a stretch. A lot of people feel that way, and I feel that way, too. I'm, I'm on the team. Love me some Stranger Things and love me some Sopranos. And that song was used in a Sopranos episode. It made it to the Volume 2 official soundtrack, the Peppers and Eggs one. And so, yes, Henry Mancini and the police being mashed up, of course, Every Breath You Take and the famous Peter Gunn theme, but also being used as basically a fever dream in a sense, even though it's real. I don't want to spoil the actual massive reference of season four, so I won't. Just in case you haven't seen it, I don't know how you're still listening if you haven't seen all of these episodes, including all the Sopranos episodes, damn it. But that kind of a weird mashup that makes your head hurt really makes sense in the way it was used in season four. So I love that for all of those reasons. I hope you enjoyed it. And yes, we have come to the end of this particular episode. And in order to escape the upside down, I'm going to lay a big spoiler on you. We can't do it without the sacrifice of a great hero, Mr. Eddie Munson. And yes, it's an iconic moment. It it was an instant classic moment. Everybody loves it. I love it. And yeah, most metal concert ever. You know what I'm talking about, right? Another instance where a lot of people are discovering this stuff for the first time ever. So let's not get upset with them. It's not their fault. It's weird to think that I was alive in the time that Master of Puppets was coming out and becoming super popular and becoming a massive watershed album. For someone that grew up on hearing the dialogue of like Paranoid is the greatest metal album of all time, and back in black and stuff like that to be around for its entire existence and being aware of it that's weird to me i don't know why it's weird but i think it's really neat that all these years later people are like oh you remember when that came out like it's it's become that so really cool to see master of puppets it's already had its due but now it's like really getting upper echelon like you're going to hear it talked about as a top five record, especially in metal, and it's not even going to be any kind of an issue. I don't think it was an issue before this, but now it's going to be neat to see 
you know, I know people don't buy records anymore, but let's see if we can get it into the freaking RIAA top 20 or whatever. I think that would be great because I don't hate the Black Album, but come on, we all know Master of Puppets is the fucking best Metallic album. Let's stop pretending like it's not. So, that all being said, had one really strong cover version of Master of Puppets, in my opinion. If, if there's more than one, let me know. But at the same time, I get to basically promote this new series of albums that came out really under the radar for me. And, you know, I'm very well aware of this band still. I'm not the biggest fan of this band anymore, but the fact that they're opening their vault in a unique way. So, back when Mike Portnoy was still in Dream Theater, and it seems like Portnoy was kind of the instigator of all this, they would start to do full album shows where much like you hear about like what fish does and a few other people they're not doing their own albums top to bottom even though they did that as well at some point they would pick an album that they all love and learn the whole thing and play that one top to bottom and for dream theater it was used to reserve for something like an overseas festival and now since they had the wherewithal thankfully to record these shows for prosperity they're now finally putting them out as far as I know off the top of my head, as of this recording, they have released their full live cover versions of Maiden's Number of the Beast album and Metallica's Master of Puppets. So to close off the show here tonight, and to hopefully get us out of the upside down, I think we could do it hopefully with a cover version at the very least. This is Dream Theater, and their version of the iconic classic Master of Puppets.
Probably would have been something that would be hated overall and after the fact, but didn't you kind of want to see him grab one of the bats and bite the head off of one of them? <laughs> because, yeah, I was just talking about how Metalheads represented, but that had been a killer reference, I thought. But probably a good thing he didn't. But we thought of it, didn't we? So, yes, rest in peace, Eddie Munson. You were a true hero and a killer character arc right there. So, Closing off the show, that was Dream Theater and a live version of Master of Puppets. You can get that on a release, Lost Not Forgotten Archives, and I believe Master of Puppets is in the title as well, so it's easy to find. They did a whole bunch of their other albums as well in live settings, and there's some demos out there, so if you're a big Dream Theater fan, then it is like Christmas for you right now. With that, we are out of the Upside Down. What a relief it is, but I hope you enjoyed this journey with me here in this crazy epic two-parter where we play cover versions of the songs that were featured in Stranger Things Season 4. I have fun with these, so looking forward to Season 5 at some point down the road. What is it, two years from now again? That'll give me time to put out another show that's as well-produced as this one. And this is part of the overall Summer Fun series that we're up to right now, so stay tuned. There's tons of great shows coming your way, so just stick with it. Till then, and I see her on the other end. She just made it over there. She's got the bed sheet that's tied up to help me get out as well. Stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs, followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, 
who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.